Agnes. As you will recall, in the last suspenseful issue of Iron Man, the Invincible Iron Man, or the Invisible Iron Man, depending on if he's using his projection powers. Projection power! On. 126. We were on Hammer Villa, not Hammer Island, or not Hammer Seastead, and Iron Man had reappeared after saving Tony Stark. Wait. Oh, wait. he saved him well, and took him away. Took him away to safety. Yes. And now Iron Man gets to fight all of the B-list villains of the Marvel Universe. Yes, all of them. Every single one. Uh, there's quite a few of them. Oh my uh, gosh, so many. I think some of them needed jobs based on the appearances that they were in too. Oh yeah. They, they, and had, they had to bring them back, show them off, dust them. I, I know that Bob Layton co-plotted these with David Michelini, but I'm wondering if he really wanted to draw all these B-list villains on the cover. And how like how did you look up uh, the visuals for all of these guys uh, back in the day? Like you had to go through like the art books in the office, yeah, right? There's no had, internet. You had to go through every single book to 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 get these these looks, man. There's no way you couldn't just like crack open the World Wide Web and start tabbing them out. <laughs> well, he already had Blizzard, who has a different costume than his original appearance. I discovered. Oh yeah, but I think there's a good reason for that. Okay, uh, you had Blizzard already. We saw the Melter already, mm-hmm. and we saw Whiplash and yeah. his fantastic fake ponytail. Yeah, uh, but now we've got some new ones. We saw at the end of the last episode and and the good news is yes. this issue as yeah. i said at the end of the last episode they all announced their names for me oh nice so i got to look them all up excellent excellent <laughs> wow it's, uh, well for Iron Man alone against the super army i don't know would you call this a super army or maybe like a super battalion or maybe like a, a super Platoon. yeah unit <laughs> maybe a super unit <laughs> it's a super unit Iron Man against the super unit. It sounds weird. It's not as catchy. No, not as catchy. Super army sounds. Oh, awesome. Well, is these guys are pretty lame. So I feel like Iron Man has a pretty good shot against them. You think so? You think so? Well, if you turn to the first page, we find out that when millionaire Tony Stark, investor extraordinaire, garbs himself in solar charged steel mesh armor, he becomes the world's greatest human fighting machine. Iron Man. The invisible Iron Man. (laughs) You know, it's literally two podcasts in a row, two weeks in a row where I've keyed it up for you and you messed up your own joke. It's because I because I couldn't episodes. Ago. I couldn't see it. It's like John Cena right there in front of me. I can't see it. <laughs> David Michelini wrote the script and oh. plotted this one with Bob Layton, who finished the art for John Romita Jr., who I am not allowed to make fun of for the next few weeks. And Jim Novak letters, Ben Sean colors, Roger Stern editor and Jim Shooter editor in chief. And I'm not allowed to make fun of John Romita Jr. because his father, John Romita, just passed away. So if I start making fun of John Romita Jr. today, you scold me and tell me I'm not allowed to do that because we're going to let the man mourn his very talented father. Yes, man. If I mean, honestly, like as we've we've discussed in previous uh, episodes uh, with books that his father had done. It it was very eye opening and amazing to see the artwork that brought to life a lot of characters. So, um, yeah. and yeah. he's the definitive Spider Man artist, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. he's he takes over for Ditko mm-hmm. and then draws Spider Man for a long time, mm-hmm. like a hundred issues ish, right? At yeah. least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
and we we did review a couple issues where there was a, f- a couple fill-ins. We took a break with Gil Kane. Mm-hmm. And when you have to go get somebody like Gil Kane to replace somebody, that should tell you the quality <laughs> of the artist, right? Okay, yeah. I just can't get anybody. I'm going to get Gil Kane to fill in for a couple issues here and yeah. draw beautiful faces. Yeah. So, yeah, it's obviously a huge part of American popular culture. Obviously, he didn't he didn't create Spider-Man, but he created the images of Spider-Man that everybody saw on plates and shirts yeah. and toys. The Spider-Man we grew up with, the Spider-Man that we know, the Spider-Man we love. And he got he he pretty quickly got rid of the webbing too, didn't he? I think so. It's I do find it funny. It lasted like, a lot a little while. Yeah, it lasted a, it lasted a, little, uh, a while. Um, I do like I was, I was going to say I find it funny because that was a joke, you know, obviously in Into the Spider Verse. Oh, my webbing um, was Spider Man. We're talking about the webbing under the armpits. Yeah, that Spider Man yeah. started with. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's good stuff. So. Uh, anyway, I also just finished reading, uh, the rise and fall of Stan Lee. Oh, I have not. <laughs> yeah. Although I, you, know, I, I, sh- I said you, it to you and you're like, yeah. Oh, you oh. said, it, you said I should, you said you should definitely yeah. check this out. I can certainly, I can certainly send it your way. The, uh, you no, know, it was, it was a good read and I learned even more about the beginning of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. I do think if you're an avid historian, I think the first, Half of the book, you're not going to learn a lot. Yeah. And so there was a lot that I'm reading and, you know, it was interesting, but I'm reading and I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, Jack Kirby and Stanley didn't get along most of the time and they both claim they created the Marvel Universe, right? <laughs> and then you know, I've read a lot about Steve Ditko too, so it wasn't surprising like to find out, oh yeah, they didn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> Ditko hates him. So, you know, none of those things were surprises. I think to me, the the more interesting part, and I have read another book about the collapse of Marvel too, but the more interesting part was the Stanley, Stanley Media, and that point forward. So, say 1999 forward, okay. uh, where there's where Stanley is sort of out of comics for a quick minute, right? Mm-hmm. And going into other, I stuff. I mean, I guess they have Pow later, right? And Pow released some books, yeah. But yeah, that that was in the the terrifying end of his life, which was just horrifying. Mm-hmm. So I won't I won't spoil it, but. It was one thing I will say, it was really interesting reading the book. And I know we're supposed to be talking about Iron Man 127 and I'll get back into it for a quick second. But one thing that was really interesting is so uh, in the book, they were describing who was there at the end of Stan's life trying to go see him while he Mm -hmm. was holed up in his house and basically captured by his daughter and his agent. Yeah. And to sell his stuff. Yeah. Do you want to guess the comic artist that actually got the police to get the agent out of the house? I, don't, um, I think it's going to be a tough guess. That's I, you know, um, I, I can't, I, I can't even query any. Cause I said it was too tough. Right. So you're yeah. like, well, I mean, Todd McFarlane went to see him toward the end. We yeah. saw him with Todd McFarlane at a show here before yeah. he passed. Yeah. So we, they, they had seen each other. They'd been in contact. He'd been in contact with Kevin Smith. He'd been in contact with a few other folks, but the comic artist that actually put his foot down and went and did something about it eventually was Neil Adams of all people. I had a, I had a sneaking suspicion. That's who you're going to say. Oh my gosh. Which is nuts. Uh, Cause they, you know, they started the, the one, one of the interesting things that was covered in the book was the start of the comics group that 
Neil Adams was a big part of. I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember the exact name of it, but the the artist and writer advocacy group that yes. Neil Adams was in for years. Mm-hmm. Stan Lee actually helped start that group. And then they, I guess they got in the room and Neil Adams says, okay, we're going to talk union now. And Stan Lee's like, we can't do that. And Neil Adams is like, right, you're... Your uh, your management go away. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you can't be here. And they were they had kind of a, a strained relationship for years. But it was Neil Adams who ultimately went back and helped. I want to say rescue him because it didn't resolve the entire problem, but mm-hmm. try to uh, rescue Stan from elder abuse at the end of his life. I thought that was really interesting. So assuming uh, Reisman's book is correct mm-hmm. uh, in his assessment. And that actually happened. That's 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 one of those just feel good stories that, you know, there's somebody and and Neil Adams was also maligned by the comics community a lot, too. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of interesting. I thought it was pretty fast. Anyway, it it was fascinating. But yeah, scary, scary there. When there's a lot of money involved and and people try to take advantage of folks. That was it was pretty terrifying. Kind of like when you buy an army of supervillains. And oh, you bring yeah. them to your own island. Yeah. And and keep them there to to just, you know, take on one man, an Iron Man. And I think I wanted to have a little bit of a side because this book is a lot of Kung Fu fighting. Yes, everybody was Kung Fu fighting. And <laughs> it's interesting because this book is uh, the bridge to probably the, the most the most famous Iron Man book in history. Oh, yeah. It's the last issue before it, right? Before 128. Mm hmm. And <laughs> there's a lot of Iron Man fighting B-list villains. So we're going to learn about every B-list villain in this book. Yeah. Are you ready for this journey? I, I am ready for the journey. Bring me on it. Well, me. it looks like Iron Man's going to win because first off, he's repulsor raying everybody. Boom. He's got him. He's blasting them off. And then we get started. All right. He's like, I don't get it, Hammer. What's a businessman like you doing with this goon squad? So we're going to get a lot. I'm not going to do a lot of the dialogue in here because it's a lot of it's a lot fight dialogue. Yeah. And Hammer, though, I will say he said, really, Iron Man, I would have thought the explanation was quite obvious. Haven't you ever wondered where some of your foes get the money to develop their weapons, pay their bail, replace broken equipment? It's my pleasure. So now he's the armor. Yeah, I mean, he's armament. He's hammer man. Okay. Oh, but he takes a mere 50% of their profits <laughs> to give them all those cool things. Well, of course, he's got to get some money for, <laughs> for, for, he's got to get a little bit of the big, you know, the take. Well, I think we, we start out with uh, one of the B-listers of all B-listers. We get the first two. They're brothers, in fact. I had no idea. Oh. First, we meet Stiletto, who's throwing little knives at Iron Man, who just stands there and then knives bounce off him. <laughs> So do you want to, I, I'm going to play trivia and you actually have to guess, you know, cop outs this time. Okay. So just toss it out there. This is, I'll, I'll give you their, the era they were born in. Okay. All right. So Stiletto was born. Well, they I mean, this book is in 79, right? So okay. it's either going to be the sixties or seventies, right? Uh-huh. Uh, this villain came out in the early seventies. Guess which comic he appeared in first. Oh, which comic did he appear in first? Um, or hero. I mean, I'm good uh, either way. Man, uh, I'm going to say uh, he he probably in a uh, in an Avengers book. Oh, you are you are very, very far off, sir. I'm oh, sorry. Okay, OK, OK. Clang. Eh. Yeah. Oh, man. OK, you're, you're way out. 
Uh, Stiletto is Thomas Stewart, was the son of the prison warden, Tyler Stewart, who was fired after Carl Lucas, who went on to become the superhero. Uh, You can't get this. I can't. I I can't. Luke Cage. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay. You read these books. I know. Uh, So... Thomas Stewart Stiletto first appeared in Hero for Hire number 16 in September 1973 to get revenge for his fired father after Luke Cage escaped prison. His ability is the ability to throw Throw knives. knives. Congratulations. Yes, it's a I mean, it's a good one. It's a good ability. I mean, we've got a lot of knife throwing bad guys out there. As long as the knives don't come back at you. It's Mm -hmm. good. If you yeah. miss, somebody can always... I was always told not to throw knives because somebody can just pick the knife up and stab you with it. That's true. They could. They can. I believe they my might. scoutmaster taught me that. They, they will. <laughs> yeah. Well, the knives have no effect. So we get our next villain, the discus. <gasps> oh. All right. Now, yes. I'm going to give you a hint on this one. The discus mm-hmm. is Stiletto's brother. Oh. So I won't even ask you the question. Okay. He appeared in Power Man number 22 in September 1974, one month before I was born. Tim Stewart was the son of prison warden Tyler Stewart, who was fired after Luke Cage escaped from prison. Hey! (laughs) And he sports futuristic equipment, and he calls himself the discus. And uh, in in Power Man number 22, apparently, uh, Luke Cage beat up both of them and took them to jail. Ah. So where hammer got right. them out and put them to work. <laughs> yes. So we're we're really high class here. We're we're digging back into teens and twenties Luke Cage and Hero for Hire villains. Mm-hmm. Whew. Okay. <laughs> They're really going all out on these guys. Hey, you know, you gotta you you have to start somewhere. Well, here we go. <laughs> we're on to the next page because mm. the disc gets throws some discs and Iron Man just uh, they just flexing. go back and hit him. <laughs> Yeah, boom. He takes them both out. Yeah. So Double trouble. The brothers are done, just like they were if they'd fought Luke Cage, who's invulnerable, right? So yeah. that would be, seems difficult. It seems pretty silly to throw knives and discs at an invulnerable person, as well as a Im- person with an iron suit. It does. Or as, as we call it, steel mesh armor. Yes. And I, th- yeah. Well, anyway, now Hammer's like, attack in mass. And then... Oh, man. Michelini like... notes that the villains don't understand what en masse means. Or is it en masse? <laughs> en masse. I just they read get... it as en masse. En masse. So... Yeah, they, they get confused and they just, you know, they dogpile him. <laughs> well, anyway, it's. There's no, we there's got... no true formation. If they, if they, if they, they, uh, they, they did a, um, some sort of battle formation or something like that, they might have a chance. Well, we've got some more, uh, you know, again, not making fun of the art. And I actually kind of like this art. I love supervillain pylons because I get to see all these supervillains in in one spot. But we do get three more named villains, the Beetle, Leapfrog and Man Killer. Uh, Should I wait until they? Yeah, I'll wait till they appear some more. So uh, Iron Man decides to fly out of the dog pile and it looks like two people are holding on to him. And he says he wants to make this party al fresco. Does that mean like a party of one or something? Uh, I don't know French. I don't know. <laughs> well, he flies up in the air with the beetle. Oh, now the beetle's a little bit more fun. Yeah. Okay. So who, first off, 
Who was the Beatles' first villain? The Beatles' first villain, or the—I mean, who who did the Beatle? Who was the villain? The Beatle, the Beatle for? Or where did where did he appear first? Yeah. Oh man, where did he appear for? What comic did he appear first, or who was his first villain? Um, did uh, oh, that's it's kind great. of a tough one. It's it a, is a trick. It's a trick. Actually, I mean, it's not I would really assume fair. because he's a Beatle, he would he would fight Spider Man because that makes sense. That was that that is incorrect. In fact, he appeared in Strange Tales number one twenty three oh. was his first appearance in May okay. nineteen sixty four. Uh-huh. But he did not fight Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. He fought the other feature in Strange Tales, which was a solo appearance of Johnny Storm. Oh, but four. Yeah, so the Beatle, in his early life, he grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, and he battled the Human Torch and the Thing. Oh, well, that's that's the mistake there. <laughs> yeah, that is a mistake. You just Once the Thing grabs you, it's, it's, yes. it's done. Game over. So, But later, he joined the Masters of Evil. Ooh. And even later, he became mm-hmm. somebody people probably know a little bit more about, somebody named Mach 1, who was oh. the part of the Thunderbolts. Oh, yeah, the Thunderbolts. Yeah, so see them in the future. You might. Yeah, they don't exist right now, but it's yeah. So, you know, that whole onslaught thing, everything Thunderbolts, something cool book for a while. Yeah, until yeah. I ran out of steam, but I it mean, was a, it was a pretty fun book. I had a good time checking it out. Well, with that said, the Beetle has no luck because Iron Man just rips his wings off and just then <laughs> that's done. And then Leapfrog decides to get involved. Aha, here you go again. All right, we're already ready. Mm-hmm. Leapfrog, he appeared in the mid-60s. I told you I'd give that hint. His first appearance was the mid-60s. Which hero did he score off against, or which book did he appear in? In this case, it's the same. So, uh, It's the same same superhero, same book? Yep. Um, is, it a, is it a Hulk book? But is it a Hulk book? The She-Hulk book. The She-Hulk. Since She-Hulk wasn't created until the seventies, okay. that's okay. Uh, that would be problematic. Okay, yeah. uh, you're you're once again incorrect. You oh, did boy. choose well, going for a low-selling book in the sixties, though. It was indeed Daredevil number twenty-five, oh, yeah. December nineteen sixty-six. That was that was my. I should have gone with my gut. Should have gone with my gut. Well, a guy with with loud springs in his his feet sounds like a perfect villain to find Daredevil. Daredevil would never be able to find that guy. Never find him. Well, Vincent Patio was an inventor by trade. And he spent most of his life inventing novelty items for toy companies. That's exciting. Yes. And then he started a life of crime, and he was defeated by Daredevil. Well, I mean, you start you start putting spring shoes on, bouncing around, stealing stuff with your sticky tongue, <laughs> or you. Well, he also never got any patents for his cool invention of the power pack driven leap coils. Uh, he also famously made an appearance in She-Hulk. Yes. TV show where That's his what... costume was broken. He was suing the armor who I forget who the armor's name was in the series, but hammer. Yeah, anyway. I'm just joking. <laughs> it wasn't hammer. Uh, the costume designer. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then they grab the Beatles, he grabs the Beatles costume and flings him into Leapfrog and down go two more B-listers. Boom, done, done. All right, so we are cruising through our Dangerous Villains podcast here. 
yeah. or not so dangerous, depending on your perspective. Are you ready for the next one? Yes. Let's get this oh. next guy that's about to like literally jump ship. <laughs> yes. So Hammer yells out, water wizard, quickly use your abilities to form a battering ram from surrounding waters. And by the way, water wizard has that same power that uh, Aquaman's wife Mira has. He can mm-hmm. form hard water. I'm like seeing this with other <laughs> DC DC water people. Yes, and form of he, he makes a he makes a jet ski. <laughs> and starts going and leaving. Out. He's like, I'm out, deuces, y'all. <laughs> Got to go. Right. So here's one. So this one was created just two years before this comic appeared. Mm-hmm. What what comic and in this case it's also the same hero did the water wizard appear show up in in 1977 oh where did the water wizard appear yes oh man 19 you said what year in 1977 january 1977 uh, you're doing so well so far i know i'm doing so good uh I, you know i'm gonna say uh water uh he uh he was he, he might was, fight a hero he might fight a hero that's in water namor Ugh. No, you, you literally did the opposite. I, I was did, about to okay. say he might fight a hero that was on fire. Ah, oh, man. Named no Ghost way. Rider. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Volume two. Number 23 is the Water Wizard's first appearance. And he was defeated by Ghost Rider apparently ever over and over again. Oh, he apparently water... had a lot of trauma from Vietnam and became a costume criminal. That I mean, that's, that makes that's sense. fair. I mean, it's fair. Yeah. Instead of using then, his powers for good, he used them for for fun. And he was once a member of the Masters of Evil. Masters of Evil. Which is all the B-list Avengers villains until they become Thunderbolts. The Marvel the Marvel books, not the not the manga. Yeah, but I will say of. that that the Masters of Evil in, in Marvel, uh I don't think that the water wizard was one of the cool ones, right? Like what are you talking about? He's super cool. He has his own jet ski made of water. He, I will just say, if you go to the Marvel fandom wiki, he does get a significant upgrade on his appearance and costume later. Yeah, it's not just orange over, and black. Yeah, over over whatever this thing is. I'm trying to figure out how this orange and black with a trident means <laughs> represents. And he has a domino mask. How does that thing stay on? I have no clue. Maybe well, tape. <laughs> well, we flipped the page and and first off, I just yes. want to say the melter. Oh, wait, oh, wait, I can't skip spy master. Oh, my gosh. No, you can't I, skip spy master. I almost skip spy master. OK, so now we get spy master mm-hmm. and hammers complaining that the water wizard is a boorish ingrate and spy. He says spy master. He, he goes in to tell him basically to get his helicopter ready or whatever. He's going to fly off in mm-hmm. spy master kind of sneaks out the back. So not spy smasher, right? Yeah. Spy master in Marvel. I want to emphasize this, mm-hmm. uh, which he, his first appearance was in the early seventies. What comic was it in? Uh, I'm going to say he was in a Punisher book. Ah, see, I, I, I threw you a softball. His first appearance was in Iron Man 33. Oh, man. He was the original leader of the espionage elite, was a formidable opponent of Iron Man and successfully infiltrated Stark Industries on more than one occasion. So it sounds like we're scaling up our villains a little bit, it seems like. Sounds like it. But I can see you're not a huge uh, Iron Man villain tracker here. 
I, I don't have my my uh, my Excel sheet with all my Iron Man villains, my my masters of uh, my my master of villains. Your list of the masters of evil, which the masters of evil, yeah. My, their list is like as long as the Avengers, which yeah, yeah. Well, it's like are you ready for, for this one? one. Okay, so we saw Whiplash on the cover, yes. but I see the Melter and Blizzard, but I don't see Whiplash anywhere to be found. He, he so was let's fighting, go ahead and take he, care he, of Whiplash really quickly. Whiplash was fighting Iron Man earlier, uh, two pages yeah. back, but he's not to be seen. So we know I don't have to quiz you on this one because we know Whiplash is a Tales of Suspense villain. Mm-hmm. So. As well, we're going to know the next one because we covered them in the past. But I will just say that Whiplash is an interesting guy. Interesting guy. Tell me more. Yeah. Well, he he infiltrated Stark International's Cincinnati plant where he became its head of research. Mm. So that guy seems a lot smarter than he acts in the book. Maybe Either that is. or in Cincinnati, people aren't very smart in because Cincinnati. they eat chili with spaghetti noodles. It's kind of good. Well, I'll, I'll let never everyone else it. be the judge of it. I have had it many times. I mean, it's pretty good. Well, now we get the Blizzard and the Melter, and they're like, we've got him. And the Melter's like, uh, it's not working, just like it didn't work last time. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> and Iron Man grabs them and slams their heads into each other. And so the Melter was also a Tales of Suspense villain. We know that because his whole purpose was to melt Iron Man's costume. Yes. And he was an American industrialist who specialized in the development of weaponry for the U.S. government. So when do you think that he would probably be like teaming up with Hammer from a business standpoint? You would think maybe he, he maybe was, he um, my my thought is Hammer is like, hey, you're good at this, but why don't we just make you like this instead? And he's like, all right, why not? Well, he also is interesting enough. Like he also was a founding member of the Masters of Evil. Ah, see, he was he was business minded, but he's still a B lister. Still a B lister. I mean, it, it's very much like Hellfire Club. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> it's uh, now we get the Blizzard. Yes. Yeah, and of course we also know he was a Tales of Suspense villain. But what we didn't know before is that Doctor Gregory. Shapanka, an employee of Stark Industries, was conducting private research into means for achieving physical immortality. He attempted to rob the private vault of Tony Stark. Oh, man. And his original name was Jack Frost. <gasps> Jack, Jack Frost. Frost, I think. Michael looks Keaton up. movie? So good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I love it. I th- he dies and then comes oh, back to take care of his yeah. kid as a snowman and they go on a sled. It's well, so I think good. that was part of the problem. I think but Jack he Frost. He plays a guitar and he's like yeah. a musical genius. Oh, my gosh. Imagine if you were a snowman that could play a guitar. What a well, I think for the Marvel Universe, he looks a little bit too much like Icicle from DC, uh-huh. from the Silver, uh-huh. from the Golden Age, or mm. looks a little too much like say Iceman. So I think they gave him this new costume and then later on he gets a different costume. So always changing. But then Uh, after they're defeated, we get a new another villain. Oh, oh, another villain. Yeah, because they're all defeated. We get the constrictor. This is the one I actually knew, but I actually didn't know where I'd seen him the first time. But now I know because I think I read it. Are you ready for this? I think I read these as like a four-year-old or five-year-old. Okay. Tell me more. And then read them again later. But they, I don't know if I was really reading them. I mean, they more got sent to me, right? But the uh, where, the first appearance of the Constrictor and his, by the way, the Constrictor has like, apparently has 
adamantium <laughs> with oh. like, things, coils. Dang. So you know that stuff. So he appeared in 1977 in mm-hmm. what comic book? Uh, he's got adamantium. Uh, I'm, I'm going to think, uh, I'm going to say uh, he, he, a Wolverine book. Well, there were no Wolverine books in 1977 since okay. the first solo Wolverine okay, issues so, uh, weren't uh, until later. X-Men, so you're saying hey, X-Men? An X-Men book. Well, it was a good attempt. Oh, man. And you were on the right path. Yes. But where did other, where did Wolverine first appear with his adamantium claws? Canada. Yeah, fighting. Canadians. Wow. Uh, Incredible Hulk 212 is the first appearance of the Constrictor. Oh, you're man. You're killing me here. Maybe I'm doing it on purpose. You don't know what comic book Wolverine (laughs) first appeared in? Maybe I'm doing it on purpose. (laughs) Maybe. Well, Frank Payne was an agent of the International Espionage Organization, S.H.I.E.L.D. Way to go! (laughs) Yeah. All right. Now you're just screwing with my game, which is not cool. This is a legitimate game, and you are over. I know. You are over so far. I mean, you paid me to be bad. I don't pay you anything. Jabroni. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm ready to move off of whatever you were talking about. Yeah. So now man killer shows up while he's, while Iron Man is constricted and he uses something I've never seen him use before his projector. Oh, to man. Project a whole bunch of Iron Men attacking uh, man. man killer. Yes. Man killer. And like, she's uh, calling him an iron pig. Iron because pig. apparently, apparently being an independent woman in this comic book makes you a villain. And. Different times. That says about the era we're reading in or anything. Different times. So, Man Killer is appeared in. Um, Oof. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. We know Uh, she appears in Thunderbolts, but that's. Yes, but before that. uh, 1973 was the first appearance. uh, I'm going to say she also fought the, the family of four. Uh, she did not. In fact, her first <laughs> appearance was in Marvel Team Up number eight, oh, featuring man. Spider-Man and the Cat. Oh man, she fought I, a that, that spider was a, that was a man. Tough, that was that was a tough one. Man yeah, killer like, was trying to kill a spider man. Yeah, apparently this was a tough one. Uh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have ever guessed that. So. Apparently, man killer Katrina Louisa Van Horn was a talented skier who was challenged to a battle of the sexes skiing contest by a chauvinistic male skier. During uh-huh. the ski run, the man cheated and cut her off, sending them both plummeting into a ravine. He was killed and Katrina was crippled. Katrina became a fanatically opposed to men and a group of militant feminists somehow financed her being fitted with an exoskeleton that gave her superhuman strength and durability. It was definitely a different time. Oh my gosh! Yeah, definitely. This is this this uh, this villain would not be made today, or I mean, it might be for a whole entire subset of people. Different reasons, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, or maybe she teams up with Valkyrie from the Defenders. I mean, and they yeah. can both go around screaming at people. Yeah, it, that's the different times. Different times. Uh, well, Mankiller gets taken out by the Constrictor after the Constrictor's thrown at her and they're they're down two more and now we're down to our last villain who is left in the fight the most powerful of all of the villains well the spy master's out doing something so he's doing something come back yeah but the most powerful of all villains the most intimidating the best costume in the history of comics we have the porcupine whoa the porcupine 
And the porcupine appeared where? Fighting who? In 1963. He was fighting the Incredible Hulk. He was fighting the Incredible Hulk in 1963. You are incorrect, sir. In fact, he was fighting the Ant-Man and the Wasp in Tales to Astonish. Darn it. You are over, sir. Completely over. I'm taking your Mary Marvel fan club thing, whatever that yeah. thing is. You lose your card forever. Take You'll it. never get it Burn back. It. Burn it. Uh, Alexander Gentry was a weapons designer for the United States Army and conceived the idea of designing a battle suit in imitation of a porcupine. Oh, That's my his origin. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> Porcupines are scary, man. Have you ever seen it, one? His first cute. delve into the criminal world saw him rob a supposedly burglar-proof bank on its opening day, but Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne foiled him. Ah, uh, foiled by a couple oh. of bugs. Yeah, and he, yeah, it's he also showed up in She-Hulk, which we noticed him. So anyway, he tries to fire some concussion grenades at Iron Man. Now, how he is alive is beyond me. But anyway, Iron Man <laughs> I know, hits he his was, suit he, he'd be and so then dead. the concussion grew and he's like, my costume, my costume. And he's all hiding. So because it all blew off of him and he's a naked porcupine. And that's it. The villains are done. So. And then the police start showing up and shooting all of Hammer's men. Correct? That is what's happening, right? Um, I don't know. Is it the police? And machine gun fire. Yes, is it's, it the police or is it Rhodey? It's the Rhodey and the police. Yeah, the police. The, the Monaco police don't mess around. <laughs> like no, They are murdering people. Like, it is done. They're like, you messed up our hot dog stand on our favorite beach. We're going to kill all of you. We're going to. Yeah, we're. <laughs> We're we're going straight up America. None of them are in GI Joe fa- uh, style, or none of them are actually dying on the screen. They're just they're just getting like penned in by the machine gun fire. Yeah. Which pop, 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 okay, pop, pop. Uh, it's definitely how that works. Yeah, penned in. Well, Hammer is blowing up his own island now. He's jettisoning the flotation foils and activating lift pods, and he's out of there. He's leaving. He's like, it's, it's now going to fly in the sky. Yes, and then Iron Man breaks it in half. Because that's what you do to big floating seastead. Yeah. Because like, see, the problem is it's a skystead now, or it was. Well, it was temp. Well, it was kind of floating, but then it just crashed. It didn't get very high. That's for sure. No, did not. And Iron Man destroys the giant seastead villa. This is what happens when you have to hire your own army. See, a bigger, more powerful army in the sea can come along and take you out, and there's nobody because you're in international waters on your own country. Nobody is there to help you. Yeah, that's right. Iron Pirate comes and gets you <laughs> so it's done and then conveniently in the water is the guy who created the computer that made iron man's costume go haywire oh, and he grabs man. him and that guy somehow testifies to a magical fake they called it a special judiciary committee i mean they could have just said that evidence was presented to a grand jury and they chose not to arrest charges because that would be a really easy explanation right mm-hmm that's what grand juries do, right? They decide yes. if you should process Yeah. Well, anyway, that, that doesn't happen. And there's a special judiciary committee. Maybe the grand jury already met. I don't know. It, yeah. it, it's possible. But Rhodey and Tony are back together. They're all smiles and, and they're headed back home. Now Iron Man goes back and everybody's shooting his uh, visage. See, I can use big words sometimes. Yes. And Mayor Koch comes back and gives him his suit back and says, we're not even going to prosecute you for wearing your, your current suit. 
And then he gets taken off by, what was that guy's name? Pithens, uh, right? Pithens, yeah. Mr. Pithens is, yeah. yeah, Tony Stark's ally there. And he gets taken back. And man, everything seems to be going really well. Like Everything's coming up took, Stark. Yeah, he's, everything's coming up. He took everybody out. He's 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 home and he's leaving his building with Mr. Pithens. But then Mr. Pithens is like, wait a minute. Because every time Mr. Pithens shows up, it's like, a rain cloud just appears. It's mm-hmm. it's like when I show up somewhere, I just a ah. rain cloud appears over that one little spot and rains going down everywhere. It's terrible. Oh man. What are you foreshadowing for our future, Dan? Well, you can find out if you join us at Ocon. <laughs> oh man. Ocon he's going to the- bring the rain. Yeah. Not only can you join us at Ocon Expo on July 21st, 22nd, 23rd in Omaha, Nebraska. But you can find us because we're going to be sporting our brand new Funny Book Forensics hats. Oh, yeah. They're rad. They're awesome. They're they cool. are awesome. I've I'm, already been I'm, wearing mine. I'm excited. I'm like this. When you sent me a picture of it, I was like, that's that's really cool looking, man. And you can come get a Funny Book Forensics sticker from us. And you can Heck also yeah. visit Greg and learn more about Starlight or learn more about Junior Braves of the Apocalypse. Yeah. You can meet his co-author of Junior Braves of the Apocalypse. Michael Tanner. And you could meet his, the artist of Starlight. Starlight. Mr. Brett Waddell. Yeah. But for now, we're just meeting Tony Stark and Ed Koch. And we're finding out things aren't so good because the company is danger now because, well, Iron Man, the bodyguard of Tony Stark, who's associated with Stark International, like, you know, murdered, supposedly at first, an ambassador. And then they lost the Carnelian contract. So now they're in trouble because this multi-million dollar organization that suddenly has zero opposition now that they've blown up the island of their biggest competitor mm-hmm. is in trouble <laughs> because they missed out on a single contract. Yes. But okay, cool. It's comic book world. So we're going to assume that contract is really important. Yes. And then they walk important. outside and I said I wouldn't make fun of the art today. Yes. But I do have to make fun of John Romita Jr. I'm sorry. I know your dad just passed, but I do have to make some fun of something here. What is it? Well, is it the doll. Iron Man comes out. There's a doll. Nope, it's not that. Uh, okay. Iron Man comes out. Uh, there's a doll on the ground. He goes to pick it up for a little girl in the oldest looking little girl face in the universe. So she looks like she's like in her teens. 20, 28. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, freaks out. And, and runs back to her mom. But she's also reading a wearing a John Romita Jr. fan club shirt. <laughs> yes. <sighs> so he must have felt a lot. I felt I felt uh, I, I don't know. I mean, to draw your own fan club shirt in your own book, that's, you know, I if I could I kind of I admire would. it in a way. I do, too. I mean, I if 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 I was him and I had the shot, I'd take it. I'd put it I'd put it in the book. Do you think he just drew a green T-shirt and then I, I maybe I'm, Bob Layton? Bob Layton uh, just saying hey, those what? letters yeah, in there. Said, I'm going to throw this on there. I'm throwing Junior Bone here. I'm going to put his I'm going to I'm going to throw this on here because it's over. It's it's over the girl's hair. You know, the, well, you got the, J.R. J.R. So the yeah. hair is covering up one J. Yeah. So it's 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 over. And, you know, the. The, the R is poking out over the hair a little bit. So it's. Oh, that is true. That is true. So maybe it I'm, was inked in. Yeah. It's, it's over. It's over. The So you know, maybe Bob Layton is a John Romita Jr. fan. Yeah. And why would you not be? I mean, he brought this book to life. This it, it's a it's a fun read so far. So many bad guys. So many good, 
good the amount people. of uh, biting my lip right now I'm having to do because mm-hmm. we're know. being nice right now in honor and respect. I'm going to say that doll is f- scary. Creepy like, as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the doll is creepy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like I would be afraid if somebody tried to hand me that doll. I think it'd be come to life and try to stab me. I know it's a murder doll. <laughs> it's the kind of doll that like it's seen some stuff. That's all I got to say. If, if you if you've never read this issue and you you flip through it, you'll see it and you'll oh hey yeah that's like the kind of doll that hangs out with Annabelle and Chucky. It's yeah. a <laughs> well they think Iron Man is the kind of doll that hangs out with Annabelle and Chucky, <laughs> Chucky. because they watched him murder somebody on TV. He and murdered so, that fa- that nice fat man on TV. Man. <laughs> now nobody no dialogue you won't see in 2023 and yeah so anyway everybody kind of awkwardly wanders away from iron man and tony stark's back he puts his uniform away back in its super suitcase mm-hmm. and he's talking <laughs> about scaring little kids and then he goes out and he goes on a bender he's drinking brandy oh, yeah. and cognac I thought he was doing whiskey sours before. Why does he's he gotta, keep changing his drink of choice here? Gotta mix it up, man. He's gotta mix it up. Well, he's out in a I don't know what that is. Tuxedo, I guess. That's a Yeah, it's a smashing sure. tux. It's a it's it's got the ruffly the the ruffle front shirt, you know, little blue bow tie. Oh, and Bethany calls him and and she's like, okay, hey, we're we're gonna go to lunch tomorrow or we're going to brunch. Yeah, they're gonna have crepes, right? Yeah, they're going to they're going to meet up tomorrow at 914 Lexington at one o'clock. So I guess it's lunchtime. One o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. And he's writing it down on a napkin and he writes down 419 Lexington because he is snookered. Mm -hmm. Not so good. And now Mm -hmm. we get the next page where one is at Tony's at 419 Lexington. And he's like, well, this sucks. I got stood up. How uncaring. She invites me to lunch and, and, and leaves me there. And. Bethany is at 914 Lexington, actually generally worried about Tony and wants to make sure she doesn't let Tony destroy himself just like Alex did. I still don't know who Alex is, but okay. So she clearly wants to get involved. And then we see Jarvis. All right. Jarvis hanging out at Avengers Mansion. Yeah. We haven't seen Jarvis in a quick minute, right? At least in this book. I'm sure he's hanging out in the Avengers. He was. He was just hanging out there doing stuff that Jarvis does, you know. Well, Jarvis is the butler and he's hanging out cleaning up the the kitchen and Tony wanders in with another woman because he's <gasps> an asshole. You Stark. What you doing? And he is drunk as a skunk. Oh, yeah. Apparently he changed clothes to a white costume. Yeah, he's got a white a white outfit. Well, it's a new or day. It's, just it's a different covered, day. I think it's the same outfit. I think it's just like weirdly colored. It's his, to uh, contrast uh, with the red. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's, to illustrate that he's drunk. It's you know seventies. It's a it's a nice um it's a nice white dancing outfit. <laughs> well, and then Jarvis asks him why he's showing some random stranger. I'm sure this isn't going to come back to bite him in the ass at all. Uh, a bunch of classified equipment. And he starts yelling at Jarvis. Yeah, and Jarvis okay. looks pissed and just says, "As you wish," but I don't think he means I love you. Mm-mm. No, not one bit. Mm-mm. Well, anyway, Tony Stark gets it on with his lady friend and then passes out his desk. Yeah, we think we're not really sure. He's passed out his desk in the no, he's fur got a, around her yeah. is then around him when he wakes up. But she is gone. Mm-hmm. He's got her flower in his hair. Yeah, it's a bunch of it's a whole mess. And then so somehow he got back to his office from. Yeah, 
from yeah. Avengers Mansion. Okay, so he's back in his office and Mrs. Abergast is ringing him and here's Jarvis with a letter of resignation because uh, Tony is an asshole. Yep, Tony is a jerk. And Jarvis walks away and says, I hope you understand, sir, because he wants to be less of an irritant. And he's Jarvis has been observing and he sees what's been going down. He's going to go get another job. And then we get Tony looking out the window and we see a bottle of Jack Powers, old time number seven. Ooh, Jack Powers, powerful stuff. And he says, God help me. And the next issue, demon in a bottle. Oh, chills, man. Chills. Uh Oh, yeah. Well, we had to get through all the levity with you missing every single villain. Like I said, I mean, you paid me good money to 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 choke on all those to, you know, to to totally throw I thought it, you'd so. get at least like two or three. I mean, you told me before the podcast not to answer anything right. So I answered them all wrong. I did Was not I, you told, you did not answer you anything told me, right. You said answer them all wrong. It'll be hilarious. That is not what I said. In oh fact, if you God. will remember, Greg told me to go research all these people and he expected it done before this podcast started. And that's exactly what I did. And and I applaud you for that. And then you asked me in a, in a gentleman's agreement before the podcast, you said, there was no gentleman's you agreement said, here. You said, Please answer them all wrong. So I look really good. And I said, OK, Dan, I will. You know what? You know, you know who else lies? Pro wrestling <laughs> villains. <laughs> And at Ocon Expo, a pro wrestling hero, Rikishi is going to be there. And Rikishi, I just want you to know, this is the kind of behavior that earns Greg the stink face. In fact, Rikishi, please, Ocon Expo, for this display, I think Greg needs the stink face. I don't know if I can handle it. I think think it's ready. What, why would I? What What do I do that's deserving of a stink face? I mean, throw hey, a whole entire on the podcast, podcast. Throw a whole entire up. podcast straight up. <laughs> lying on the podcast. That that deserves a stink face. I mean, I just made you look like a hundred dollar bill. Well, I think if you look back at our, <laughs> if you look back at our 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 Twitter posts from last week, you're gonna see a request for one Rikishi to do the podcast to do the stink face on oh, Greg, oh. and if you agree. You should also tweet or message Rikishi on Facebook that Greg Smith, GK Wordsmith, that amazing twit, whatever he wants to claim and call himself, (laughs) will be at Ocon Expo. And he will be there. And it's Rikishi's opportunity to give this vile villain, this hated heel, hated heel of Funny Book Forensics. The hated heel of Funny Book (laughs) The hated heel of Funny Book Forensics. The stink face. The stink face. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. And if He's you there. want to see Greg get stink faced, you just have to come to Ocon Expo and oh my hang out gosh. with us. And 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 go tell Rikishi in person. This guy needs the stink face. This guy needs the stink face. Oh my gosh. Take a picture well, of me and bring it to him. Yeah. <laughs> he'll know. Well, I'll I'll make sure we find him. He's gonna find out. I'll but find him at- <laughs> the most important thing we could tell you is we are gonna be at Ocon Expo on the twenty first to twenty second, the twenty third. That's right. You should also go hang out with Ann and Greg at some place called Emporium. the Retro Emporium. Yeah, yeah we'll be Kent Washington. The 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 week before Street. the week before is going to be Kent Cornucopia Days. It's a what, massive. What day is that? It is uh, the why can't I 
July 14th, 15th, and 16th? Yes, the, yes, it is exactly those days. <laughs> That's fantastic. And uh, it is a massive street fair with uh, amazing vendors on the street. They shut down the whole downtown area. Uh, multiple blocks are shut down. Uh, parking is a snarl. I'm going to tell you that there's a, there's there's parking garages so and, and parking lots so you're you're good to go there but uh, driving around downtown is going to be a thing. Yeah. But, so what we're saying is go to the parking garage over by Kent Station and walk yeah. the three blocks over to see Ann and Greg oh, out. Oh, yeah. You'll 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 park there and then you'll walk you'll start walking over and it's nothing but street fair stuff, uh, elephant ears, crazy hot dogs amazing vendors and then the retro emporium where you can get your cold drinks your ice cream and all your retro needs well if you're in washington state you can visit greg on the 14th of july or 15th of july or 16th of july but other days as well but specifically corticopia days in kent washington and if you want to see greg in person in omaha nebraska that's the 21st 22nd 23rd we'll be there with you yeah you have any other upcoming projects you want to talk about besides the ones we already did? Um, I have nothing in the shoot, so to speak, uh, outside of just, you know, um, just keep on, keep on checking our, our poster starlight as we're going to be, uh, eventually momentarily getting that next issue out there on the Kickstarter. I don't have a, a, a solid date for you. I just know that we've been um, putting things into the uh, into the shoot for Brett, and uh, we're getting everything ready to go. So, so you're almost ready. We are. We, the, so August. I, I'm thinking so. I'm thinking after we get back from uh, from Omaha, uh, it'll be it'll be closer to announce. So it's all right. So it's, we'll be on the lookout. Yeah, be on I the lookout. I can just ask Brett. You when can I ask see Brett. him, and I mean. I, I, I will tease because I, I know um, C's been teasing. He's been he's been hard at work putting the the script and stuff like that together for uh, the next scrape story. So he's he's been sending me some stuff here and there, and that's that's uh, something near and dear for for him. And uh, I I truly truly think it's a it's a the ne- this next story that he's he's putting together is going to be really great. So it's a nice Genesis story, if you will. So gives you some insight as to who Scrape is, where he came from and what he's all about. So, okay. So we've got a couple things in the, in the works Yeah, and we just finished up Iron Man 127 and we're going to be getting into the famous demon on bottle issue next week, the 128. So we will see you next week on funny book forensics next week, man. Or next podcast next week. That's like that's like seven days away. Yeah, it's a long time. That's a long time. Can they can they wait that long, Dan? Uh, I mean, they could read it in okay. anticipation and okay. know what we're talking about, and probably that's... know more than we do. Oh my gosh! Well, but until then, until we'll, then, we'll see you then. We'll see you then. I, I gotta go now. It's All right, time to go. It's time to go, and I I got I got the button. You oh. have the button. Okay. I'll keep babbling until you uh, hit the button. I'm, I'm trying. I the button. Crush the button. I'm trying to crush the button crush Crush the button like i play video games just hit the buttons hit all the buttons the thing that really annoys you you know how to play the video game and i just hit all the buttons and and I'm, i'm trying